up. There's a lot of coming and going that's been spoken of uh, for us as a church that there would be even like an anthill, people coming and going and ministering and, and helping others. And uh, so, uh, again, back to movement. And uh, I really like, you know, the young people recognizing, and, and I don't know exactly where, I don't want to speak for them, where they got the impression, but, you know, they can be going to school in America and you bring the gospel and they realize, oh, all our peers are standoffish, but it's not that way all over the world. There's people hungry all over the world. And so, and again, no matter what it looks like in America, young people keep sharing the gospel because they may not know it, uh, but they want what uh, you have, and that's Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles to Matthew, the 28th chapter, and uh, we want to just share just a couple of thoughts with you uh, today. Uh, uh, I guess Zane made it a little bit easier. He got over there and was trying to preach my message for me, um, but um, praise the Lord, we want to just, I just want to share a few thoughts with you. We are talking about authority, and uh, when we begin to talk about that authority that we have, uh, we as the church, and we've been praying about this, uh, we have authority. Jesus has given us authority. It's not like the world authority. It's not in the same vein that we look at, uh, you know, people bossing people around, but we have authority given to us by God to begin to really rule and reign with Jesus. And it begins in our own heart, in our own life, where Jesus said, uh, you know, where they, everybody's looking for the kingdom of God. People think it's far off. Even today, people think, well, the kingdom of God is in heaven somewhere. But Jesus came, and first of all, he said, the kingdom of God, or the rule of God, the dominion of God, has come near you. And then he told them that the kingdom of God is within you. And so the kingdom where Jesus rules, where the, 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 the rule of God, the, 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 the place where God has that dominion to bring about whatever he wants to, even though we're in a world, even though sin is all around us, even though sin used to dominate our life, that's been broken by the power of God, and now we have authority given to us by Jesus. And lots of times we want to get authority out here somewhere, but it really begins within us, and then it starts to rule in our family, starts to rule wherever we are, and it's not about bossing, it's about knowing knowing what's right to do, having the ability and the grace to do what is right to do. And in doing that, you begin to take authority over all the things that pull you. Paul said in Romans, the seventh chapter, most people identify with that. He said, after I got born again, after the life of God came in me, there was something that started to work in my thinking that I realized. He said, the things now that I have God in my life and I really want to serve God, the things that I want to do most, it doesn't seem like I'm able to do. And the things that I don't want to do because they're not pleasing to God, that's the thing that I seem to be drawn to. And he, he continued to talk to the Roman church because he said, you're going to find this struggle that works within you, but don't be discouraged. Don't allow condemnation to come upon you because you have a new life and it's the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus and it sets you free from the law of sin and death. And prior to that, he explained that in Christ Jesus, we understand that though sin came through Adam and had its dominion over mankind, Jesus came and obeyed God to the point of death and his death, burial, and resurrection. And when we believe in that, the Spirit of God comes on the inside of us. When we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we begin to reign in life through Jesus Christ. Or you could say it like this, we begin to reign over the situations of our life through Jesus Christ. How many of you like to reign over some situations? 
right? And so we all like that victory. We all like that reigning. But there's a place where we have to understand, first of all, that we have authority over those situations. We have authority over mindsets that will come, as, as Zane was saying, you know, those strongholds that get built up. He said, we immediately at the thought have the ability to capture thoughts. We have the authority to take uh, over those thoughts and either bring them captive to the obedience of Christ or let the thoughts of God begin to become imaginations and, 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 and in place of a stronghold on our life, the, the things of God, the Word of God to have a stronghold on our life rather than past experiences or hurts or mistakes. Many people, those have a stronghold on them. They can't forget them, but we have authority by the blood of Jesus to break those. And in that, in conducting our life as those who who have authority in life through Jesus Christ began to be a witness or a light to those around us. Because the same things present themselves to us as others. But when we realize we have authority, we respond differently than others. We can overcome when others can't. They're going to be looking for the way to overcome. So it is a time, it is a season for the church to rise up, to begin to pay attention to what has been given to us by the blood of Jesus. Pay attention to the salvation that we have, how we walk in it right now, that we're not waiting. We're not just going, oh my God, this world is a mess. I can't wait until I go to heaven. But to say we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We're in this world to be an example to the world of what salvation looks like and the authority that God has given to us to reign over situations of our life. Not that they're not going to come, but how do we reign over them? How do we respond? How do we take the word of God and put that at a higher place than what other people have said about us, what other people are doing? How do we do that? How do we do that? And so Matthew chapter 28 begins the explanation as Jesus left the earth. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Some translations say, observe and do all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He said, I've been given authority. I give that to you. Go with that authority and make disciples. How do you make disciples? teaching them to observe the things that Jesus has commanded or that he has said unto us. Well, how do we teach them? We teach them vocally, but we teach them by example in our life. Now, you know, more recently in the church, we haven't liked that. Don't put the pressure on me for an example, but it's not pressure. You're made for this. Come on, when you were born again, you were recreated for this. You were create, recreated for a newness of life in Christ Jesus. Any man that be in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Now behold, everything has become new and now everything is of God. The resource of our life comes from a relationship with God. The old things that governed us, the sin, the mistakes, all the things of the world, no longer have that dominion. He does. We're new creations in Christ. We should live that way. You know, uh, Brother Harry was here last uh, Sunday night, and he said, we're, light, we're the light of the world. How are we lighting up our world? 
Sometimes we think, man, I got all this stuff to do. But it just begins from realizing and recognizing what Christ has done for you, what he's doing in you, and then you realize he wants to do something to shine that through me to someone else. So Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 19 says this, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, so that nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, how many of you think that this is not accurate? See, nobody would raise their hand. No, we wouldn't say the Bible's not accurate. But when it comes to trampling on the situations of the enemy, how many of you feel like you're being trampled rather than you're trampling on? You don't have to raise your hand. Too often, even as believers, we would say and almost roll over and say, I'm feeling trampled upon, but yet you've been given authority to trample on instead of be trampled on. Amen. Right? And there's a number of situations, and it really starts with, you know, we, we were talking about this last week, but uh, how do you take that thought? How, how, when you hear the word, what do you start to think about? So immediately, you know, we say trample on serpents and scorpions, all the power of the enemy so that nothing shall by any means hurt you. You either capture that thought and say, yes, or immediately the thought comes and says, yeah, but I don't really know if you can really do that. Telling Bible school, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and we, we began to talk about it, and it, it was a good conversation. It challenged me, but uh, talking about how, you know, do you really think you can live this accurately and to the full? And they were saying, I don't know, I don't think you can. And so what just really started to bubble out of my heart, not for argument, is all of a sudden, you know, well, I, I just really don't know, you know, with this sinful body, I don't know if you can, and just came out of me. So then, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead doesn't quicken this mortal body. And they said, no, oh wait, no, 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 that, yes, he does. Oh, but we're going to make an excuse because we're in this body that we couldn't live with this. Well, I don't see myself being able to, okay, so it comes back to that, how do you see yourself with that, well, I don't ever see myself trampling. I've been, I've been trampled on too much. I don't see myself trampling. But God said, I see you with the devil under your feet, not you under his feet. So we have to begin to see ourselves like he sees us because he sees us with delegated authority to respond to things in life in a way that he's instructed us to rather than just however we feel. Praise the Lord. And so the first way we've been talking about Taking our authority and understanding our authority is through the word of God. This word has incredible power and authority. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Romans chapter uh, 1 verse 6, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for in it is the power of salvation. The very gospel of Jesus contains within itself the power to bring salvation. Jesus uh, refers to his word or the word as a seed that when planted and received, it has all of the potential to bring a harvest of abundant life within the seed of that word received into the heart of a human being. This word is powerful. It takes authority we're given place and begins to produce life. Come on. 
not just breathing and a heartbeat, but life that is lived in relationship with God, life that when the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, I realize I realize who that is, what he's come to do, but I don't allow that because I have life, and I have life more abundantly. Come on, you're not just living an ordinary life. You're not just a mere human being anymore. When you received Jesus, the spirit of the living God came to live in your spirit. Now, I'm telling you stuff that most of you say, well, I know that, but come on, it's time to get a grasp on it. It's time to not just know it. It's a time to have something go off on the inside of us because there's people around you that don't even know it. They don't feel like they have a chance in life. They're hopeless and helpless, and you have the hope or the expectation of eternal life that they need. It's not really a good time for us to walk around feeling dejected or feeling like things aren't going our way and we're, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's time to say no matter what way the world's going, I'm not going with them. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord God. And because of that, we're going to be a light wherever we go. We're not settling for second best. We're not settling for wherever the world's going. We're going to stand up. And live out the word of God. We're going to have this bold humility, this boldness to declare the word of God, yet a humility to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so he can raise us up and put us in places that we can shine the best, that we can affect lives the best. But we're going to have to be bold in the authority that we have. The word of God, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, For the word of God is alive, it's living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it's piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and the marrow, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we have to do. This word of God has everything that pertains to life and godliness. As we give ourselves to the reading and the study of this word, you're going to run into people that God is going to bring you to, and he's going to say, I want you to be bold. I want you to know your authority. I don't want you to press people. I don't want you to condemn people. But I'll give you a word in season. If it's in your heart, I'll give you a word in season. And when you share that word in season, it will penetrate don't be afraid of them because you're not looking to confront them you're looking to plant something and the word is powerful and it will penetrate into their spirit to make a deposit of that living word on the inside of them and it will start to show up and help them discern help them discern help us discern between what God is saying and what's going on in the world. And when that word penetrates and begins to work salvation on the inside of them, they begin to discern, you know what? I'm not going to go this direction anymore. That, that that person said to me, I need more of that. I need to hear more of that. So it's not a time to draw back. It's a time to understand the authority of God's word and how we present that word. How we present that word knowing that it has within itself authority and power to change things. Not just trying, saying, well, I'll try that, and if it doesn't work, that's not faith. I believe it. Therefore. So the word of God is tremendously important. I'm going to give you a little assignment. Y'all ready? Meditate on the 119th Psalm. The 119th Psalm is actually a meditation upon the Word of God. 
the psalmist talks about the word of God, the precepts of God, the commands of God, the law of God. That's what it's all full of and how it changes life, how it renews you, how it brings salvation to you, how it cleanses you, how it brings liberty, how it gives you fullness of life, how it keeps you on the right track and keeps you from going astray. This is what he says the word has the authority and the power to do. It makes you wise. It keeps you from evil. Uh, His words uh, become a lamp and a direction to your path. It brings understanding so you don't go any false direction. It gives you such direction that it keeps Satan from having dominion over your life. All that's in the 119th Psalm. The psalmist is meditating on it. We should get in and meditate on it. Start highlighting it, underline it. Take some of it, meditate on it, uh, memorize it so you can say when the enemy comes, say, listen, this is what the Word of God says. When we know that Word of God, you don't have to share chapter and verse. You can begin to speak uh, uh, really as God would speak. And that Word has life and power to penetrate and bring light to the hearts of people who are in darkness. In itself, it has the authority to do that. Romans, the 10th chapter and the 8th verse, Paul says this, he said, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He said that word needs to get into your heart and into your mouth because when it's in your heart, your believing is powerful. Your believing what God said links you into a depth of relationship with him that you don't even know. Just say, God, I believe that. He says, okay, if you believe that, we can make that happen. And when you confess it, it moves you into a place of reality. So you first have to embrace it and say, God, I believe that. And he says, if you believe that, I'm in my word. I will honor my word. So a depth of relationship in that subject matter for you begins to become real. And when you begin to speak it out, right, as it comes real in your heart, you begin to speak it out. You begin to declare something from the word of God and you establish it for your life. Come on. You want to establish some things? You want to turn some things around? You want to change some things? Then it's time to get into the Word of God. Not what other people have done, what other people have said, what other people feel. What is God saying about you? Because so often we're looking about what other people have done, what other people say, what other people are doing, and we get consumed with it when God says, I want you to say something I want you to do something. See, when we, when we begin to look at what has happened to us, that just statistically, if we meditate on that and wrong things have happened to us, if somebody would say it like this, if you were wounded, what happens? Wrong things happen to you. You get meditating on that, like it or not, want to or not, acknowledge it or not, you do things to hurt other people. It starts a bad trend. Everybody's denying it, but then people are hurting each other. Why? Because we're only thinking about that gets down in our heart 
But when we think about what Jesus did for us and how he wants us to respond to situations, no matter good or bad, how do we respond? Then we respond because of what he has done for us, not what somebody else has done to us, what he has done for us. And now what he has done for us can begin to consume, take authority in our life and be released out to help others in areas of their life. So Paul is quoting De- Deuteronomy chapter 30 here. He says, but the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Somebody say do it. So there's a couple of ways. We just want to touch base with this. There's a couple of ways to start exercising the authority of God's word in your life. Not just saying that it has authority, but you have to exercise the authority of God's word in your life. And so again, it may seem redundant, don't shut me off, but the first way of exercising, or one way of exercising the authority of God in your life is by speaking the word of God. By speaking the word of God. The 107th Psalm, verse one says this, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He said, listen, the enemy is going to come and try to tell you you're still under his hand. But he said, you're going to have to say, I am redeemed. I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. That means I'm forgiven. If I'm forgiven, I'm set free. If I'm forgiven, I'm made whole of the things that have broken my life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You have to say something out of your mouth. Proverbs, the 18th chapter, the 20th verse says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. So he says the words that come out of your mouth are very important. We continually, uh, in, your, in our thoughts, this is where capturing thoughts is so important, think what we say is not that big of a deal. But death and life are in the power of the tongue. Whatever it is that you're consumed with that you continually talk about is gaining an area of authority in your life, whether death or life. It's either bringing destruction or it's bringing life. It's either bringing prosperity and health or it's bringing death and destruction. The enemy's come to kill, steal, and destroy. We agree with him, and that's what will happen. God's come to bring life and life more abundantly. We agree with him, and that life will happen. But it's easy. It's like, well, you know what? I, I just, uh, I can't help it. it. It just comes out. You can help it. That's the authority that we have. We're not to relinquish our authority. That's what Adam and Eve did in the very beginning. God came down and he said, what are you all doing? And Adam said, it's not my fault. It's her fault. She said, it's not my fault. It's the serpent's fault. And the serpent said, I'll take it. Why? Because wherever you take responsibility, you gain authority. The moment you relinquish responsibility, I can't help it. Somebody else made me do it. You just gave them authority over your life. The more we say, you listen, the government, the people, that hurt, that wound, it's all their fault. You just continue to give that authority over your life. But the moment you stand up and say, I'm turning things around. I'm speaking what God said. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to be forgiven. I am redeemed. I'm going to speak life into situations, no longer death. You 
begin to then take responsibility for what comes out of your mouth, what you put in your heart, and now you'll find you have authority. But wherever you relinquish it, something, those thoughts, those wounds, that past thing will capture and take authority over your life. And so we have a few things that we can understand, the, the keys that we have. That First of all, your words, the words of your mouth, and again, uh, Zane alluded to this, the words of your mouth locate what's in your heart. We're like, well, that's not really what's in my heart, but that's not what Jesus said. So in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, it says, Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words, somebody say my words. By your words, you will be justified. Or by your words, say my words, you'll be condemned. By your words, by my words, it affects me. Sometimes we think, well, my words don't matter anything. I'm just explaining. I'm just sharing. I'm just, but by your words, you'll be justified, or by your words, you'll be condemned. And so our words, I just give you this little, again, you're going to meditate on 119th Psalm. We're going to be doers of the word. You know, I'll, I'll be surprised how many people come back next week and say they actually meditated on the 119th Psalm. But we're giving that for you. And then just pay attention. Without excuse, just pay attention to the words that come out of your mouth. So that in all reality, you can say, you know what, God? I need to make some adjustments about what's in my heart. Because if you don't, what will come out of your mouth has authority and is an exercise of authority for either good or bad in our life. Most people don't pay attention to what comes out of their mouth and then wonder why things are going on in their life that are going on. If we actually had an, an unbiased observer follow us around and take a check and wrote down things that were coming out of our mouth and then sat down with us concerning situations of our life, they could probably say, here's what you said all day. That's why this is taking place in your life. Right. Or this is what you have to look forward to. Right. But since none of you are going to have an unbiased observer follow you around and take note of the words you say, because <laughs> you really don't want that to happen, then you're responsible, I'm responsible for myself and if I do that, if you do that, it will begin to change how you view what's in your heart or should, and you begin to captivate and then put the word of God in your heart so that it becomes out of out your mouth because you know these words contain authority and power. They contain authority and power. They guide and direct your life. The words that come out of your mouth direct your life. James chapter 3 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judge, judgment. 
For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man or, or a complete or mature man, able also to bridle the whole body or direct the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths uh, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large, are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. He's utilizing that to un, uh, for us to understand, though this tongue seems very insignificant, it really directs our life. A number of years ago, Paul Young E. Cho wrote a book. It was called The Fourth D Dimension. He was sitting down with a leading um, uh, Korean uh, neurologist, brain uh, uh, functioning uh, scientist. And while he's sitting there, I believe it was in the 80s, that he sat there, this neurologist told him, he was telling him, we have a brand new, uh, exciting uh, uh, thing that we're studying that's come on the scene. He said, what's that? He said that the, the, um, um, the, the, the vocal, I forgot, the speech center, that's what I was looking for. The speech center of the brain takes charge of the whole body. He said, explain it to me. He just said things like this. He said, so when somebody gets older and they keep saying they are retired, it sends signals to their body prepared to die. <laughs> older people are like, oh, I'm not retired. <laughs> I'm going back to work. <laughs> and so as he's talking, uh, Young E. Cho goes, uh, he said, I already knew that. He said, you can't know that. It's just a recent scientific development. He said, no. he said how do you know that? He said, Dr. James. Dr. James. He said, it's in the Bible. That scientist said, it is? It's in the Bible. God said, you guide your whole life by what you say. By what you say. Praise the Lord. We guide our whole life by what we say. And so he said, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. It's in your mouth and in your heart. Deuteronomy says, so that we can do it. There's so many powerful things in the scripture that I was going to share with you today, but we're out of time. Why don't you stand up with me? Father, we thank you. We praise you and we magnify you. Thank you for giving us your word. So many different avenues, so many different ways that we could hear, that we could see, read, meditate on, grasp your word, because there's such power and authority in your word. Holy Spirit, bring this to the realization of each and every one today, that as we go from here, we don't just count it as a ordinary common thing, but we begin to look at the word and how we've planted it in our hearts, or what we've allowed to take ascendancy, or allowed to be more planted in our hearts knowing that your word is powerful and when it's in our heart and in our mouth it gives us great authority over situations of our life it gives us a great knowledge of your truth that we might speak truth in the face of the lies of the enemy Help us to know that it is such an important thing to not just listen to the lies and agree with them from our mouth, but to have the truth so embedded in our hearts that we recognize a lie and we speak truth into the midst of that lie, thereby taking authority over the lies that have deceived us 
have wounded us, have destroyed and stolen from our life. That we truly might submit ourselves to your word, not to our emotion, not to our feeling, not to the lie of the enemy, but to your word. Knowing and believing that it creates life and power. That just as you created the worlds by your word, your word spoken out of our mouth, begins to bring into pass the things that you've promised that we don't yet see. Bring them into the reality of our life. That our life, though surrounded by things of this world, might be filled with all of your goodness. We thank you, Father. Perchance there's any here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus came to die for your sin. We've been talking about the authority that we have by the word of God. But the first place where the authority over the enemy takes hold is when you say, I believe that Jesus came to die for my sin. And I'm going to believe that and I'm going to allow God to do something about it. I believe that he died for my sin and I know that I need a savior. And when you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you've taken a first step of living in your own authority by asking him into your own life and when you do the power of sin is broken he takes authority over the sin that has hindered you and he forgives you and he washes it away so it no longer has authority and now he becomes the lord of your life not the mistakes not the sin not the wounds but jesus the healer the deliverer the redeemer the one who died to save your life from all sin if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. You feel like you've been dominated. You're just driven around by every circumstance of life, everything that, every wound that's hurt you, every mistake that you've ever made. That's a great time to say, you know what, I'm done with that running my life. I want a new master. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life, raise your hand. I would love to pray with you, just a simple prayer. Asking him into your heart, he'll come in. Praise the Lord. See that hand. He'll come into your heart. As you begin to look at the knowledge of his word in your life, I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. As you acknowledge that, he'll come into your heart by the Holy Spirit. As you begin to read his word, he'll begin to make it alive to you. He'll help you. He'll strengthen you. Why don't we all pray with these together? Just say this with me. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. I'm ready this morning to lay down my way of doing things. To lay down my wounds, my hurts, my mistakes. I ask you this morning, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died for my sin so that I could be forgiven. I believe that God raised you from the dead so that I could be made righteous. So I receive that right now. I believe that right now. Jesus, I now call you Lord of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. 
God is so good. I just ask you for just one favor. Uh, we're going to have altar workers up here. They're just going to have a packet of about three little mini books. Just come up here and say, I prayed that prayer. Could I have those gifts? They're not big. We're not asking you to join the church. They'll just help you. They're real small. Help you realize one of them called In Him. Now that you're in Christ, there's so many things that are yours in the Bible. One's the new birth. It explains a little bit more about now you've entered into this life of God. One is Why Tongues talks about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Just want to give those to you as a gift. So if you come up here, say you prayed that prayer. They want to give those to you uh, to be a blessing to you. Amen. Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day.